Hello and welcome to uh, episode 188 of the Effect Podcast. RPG a minute. I'm Dave. And I'm Matthew. And we've we've got an interesting program for you this time. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe a really boring one. Um, <laughs> They're all interesting in one way. Well, we find them interesting. Yeah. I don't think so, we ever, ever thought anyone else would find our bullshit interesting. But uh, yeah, what's what's on the show today, Matthew? Go well, on. Because I'm going on holiday later in the week, we're doing this a bit early in the week. And we're also doing it quite late at night. So this this introductory bit is going to be relatively short. The bulk of the program, we've got one of our patrons, uh, Jonathan Payon, to ask us all the questions from RPG a day in 30 minutes. We'll see how well he does. <laughs> um, Will we ask him back to be a good timekeeping uh, host and question master? Or we'll, we? we shall see. <laughs> And uh, before that, we've got some news from the world of gaming, haven't we, Dave? Yes. Let's just jump straight into that. So there's lots of Ennies going on. Gen Con has just finished. You you particularly wanted to congratulate Thirsty Sword Lesbians as the best game, didn't you? Best game and product of the year. Ah, and, yes. And product of the year. Um, this, this did very well. Uh, it beat... Uh, the silver for best game was, um, was Root, I think. Yes, it was, um, yeah. Now, among our patrons, you and I have played neither of those. Among our patrons, the people who've played Root like it more than the people who played Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Um, so, uh, and they're both uh, powered by the Apocalypse games. Mm. I can't comment on either of them, but, you know. No, neither can I. If you, if you, if you get an award, the chances are you deserve it. So, yeah, exactly. well done, done to the gang behind that. You've done um, something right. But I thought we should really focus on on kind of friends of the show. So um, mm. yeah, uh, I particularly want to shout out to Krista Krista Sunderland and Helmgast for <laughs> Troubleshooters and the U-boat mystery got silver for best adventure, which is great. Congratulations! I haven't played it yet, um, but it uh, it looks fabulous, and I haven't really read into it too much because I might be a player rather than a, a GM. Ooh, who's going to be but, running it for you, Dave? Well, well I don't know yet. You're hoping when I, I find am. someone, <laughs> possibly. I I have actually uh, but, done it, and so yeah, I might at some point. Maybe we should do an actual play or something. But yeah, huge crack! Congratulations to Krista for that. Um, and yeah, so Troubleshooters is a lovely little game. Uh, so yeah, very well deserved. Um, closer to home for us, at least, or closer to our shilling home. Um, Free League, uh, the One Ring, one gold. For the best interior artwork, not a great surprise, I don't think, there. Um, it's a fabulous, fabulous um, uh, book, fabulous artwork on that. Um, what else? Who else ones uh, we want so to call out? Merkborg won some things or some online online stuff. Oh, yeah, on, online monster generator, yeah. Uh, there, so there, I haven't there seen were some other interesting enemies, but I didn't write them down because I thought, you know, we haven't got much time in this week's world of gaming, and those <laughs> those are the most important ones. Uh, so, but yes, um, Free League though made a couple of pretty big announcements at Gen Con. They did, and I feel that they're obviously not our friends anymore because they didn't <laughs> tell us any of these secrets. Well, I think they told everybody one of the secrets, but the first one is Drakkar Ock Demoner. We knew that was coming. 
when they got their license for that, we eagerly got in touch and said, oh, can we interview about that? And they said, oh, no, no, this is nah. just for the Swedish market. It's not going to be in English. No. And then they've come up and announced Dragon Bane, which is Draka Octomorna in English. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, that really quite excites me. So I, I'm not so excited about the other bit of news, which we'll come to in a moment. But the idea of um, being able to get my hands on Draco Octomorna and to kind of see what all the original fuss was about. Although I guess this is an updated version of it, so it won't be the same game, but it might well keep uh, keep a lot of the feel and the, uh, the sense and the, the aura that comes with that game. But I saw that and I thought, ah, cool. That's something I'm going to back on Kickstarter when it comes out, even though I've kind of said to myself I should back a lot less on Kickstarter. Um but yeah, so I'm quite I'm quite excited about that. And I think this yeah. is why they've done it, isn't it? Having having said no, it's just for the Swedish market, it's just going to be in Swedish. I think it's the money. They've realized if they do it in English, they'll get they'll, more money. They'll get to a much bigger audience. And and yeah. they'll build on their massive successes for the last two games they've run. Yeah. Yep. Blade Runner and the Run Wing. Oh, the one wing. <laughs> the run uh, wing. <laughs> run wing. <laughs> is that a chicken version of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> No, when it comes to versions of Lord of the Rings, the other thing they announced, what a which segue. has been... What a segue. Let's just enjoy that segue for a moment, please. Well done. Completely please. unplanned. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Um, I was working towards that. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> the, the one ring. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the, new, the new 5e version of the one ring is coming out. It's not called Adventures in Middle Earth like it was when uh, Cubicle 7 did it. It's called Lord of the Rings role-playing. Yeah. Now, it looks lovely from the picture I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we've had many a conversation about my um, opinions on the ever-increasing tendrils of 5e. Uh, But, yeah, so I'm probably not not sure we're going to rehearse all those comments again. But there it is. It looks lovely. The artwork on the front cover looks lovely. Um, just looking at it in the image, it looks like the kind of book you would like to hold in your hand uh, if it didn't have a, for me anyway, if it didn't have a 5e on the top. But um, lots of people, I expect, will love it. I'm sure they will. And uh, it's great. There was, a, there, you know, a rumour is that Cubicle 7 sold a lot more adventures in Middle Earth than they sold of their version of The One Ring. So we may well mm. find that uh, this is a big seller. But, of course... Probably, yeah, probably. You know, even with that, when Free League took over the license, they didn't do the 5e version first. They stayed true to the the, the original game. Yeah, I, I guess I just hope that... I mean, the One Ring itself hasn't been out that long. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that this doesn't throw the One Ring into the shadow too quickly. Um, you know, we talked before about the, the pace that Free League bring things out and, and my slight, um, you know, sympathy for things from the flood as a game that seemed to have got lost in the cracks uh, and never got its time in the sunshine that it really deserved. I, I, I hope that doesn't happen to The Wandering. It probably won't because it's, you know, it, it's such a good and big game anyway. But, um, yeah, I guess that's one of my concerns with a, a 5e version. 
And another new game is announced on Kickstarter. Mr. I'm not going to back anything on Kickstarter anymore. Tell us about the other exciting news that I saw on your Facebook feed, in fact. Yes. So um, I, for a long time, I had wanted, I had like, like an aspiration or a dream that I would redo uh, a new edition of a game called Kingmaker. It's a board game that I've had, and it's up on my shelf here. I've had it for, well, since I was probably 10 years old. Game that I still get down and play with the boys. Um, basically a game all about uh, the War of the Roses, and you have to build your faction and get your person, that, you know, your, your candidate for king or queen and kill all the others. It's a great, great game. Absolutely love it. But yeah, so they've announced that they are going to do Kickstarter for a new edition of Kingmaker, which is just brilliant. I just saw it. I'm not even sure where I saw it. Um, maybe just floating about on Facebook somewhere. And uh, yeah, that's that's a game that I'm going to have to back. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no two ways about that. Because the original King Mar- Kingmaker is brilliant. It's had 40 years of playability out of it. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited by that. You're willing to throw them a few more quid? I will throw them some some pennies. Yes. And it's from Gibson Games, who are the original publishers, apparently. Uh, I didn't even look that far, to be honest. Oh, there you go. Research, so mate. Research. That's what makes us such a brilliant news programme that everybody listens to. <laughs> Surely right. you researched. Shall we cut straight to the chase? Shall we yes. talk about RPG a day? Yep. Let's go and do that. Right. Well, this is Dave's crazy idea. Um, <laughs> those of you who listened to the last program will remind us, uh, will remember us saying, let's do RPG a day in just one episode. And let's get one of our patrons to come and ask us those questions. And we thought if we just said that, one of our patrons would, would offer. And Jonathan, that's exactly what you did. Jonathan Pay, who um, listeners to our actual play will have seen, heard, or watched on YouTube or whatever. Anyway, Havima <laughs> and and other roles in actual plays, but Havima in Coriolis. Um, welcome, Jonathan. Thanks. Good to be on the uh, podcast again. I, I say again because I snuck in uh, more than a few episodes ago with uh, a promo for something. I can't even remember what it is now. Um, but no. Um, <laughs> or <Well>, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I recorded a little bit. You, you, yeah. you stuck it in. I can't remember what it is, but uh, we can we can redo. Yeah, this. that's fine. We'll listen back. <laughs> but yes, delighted to have you as our guest question master for uh, today's show. Um, and thank you for sticking your hand up so quickly. That was great. My pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, affect patrons, affect uh, listeners. Uh, welcome to RPG A Day 2022, a very special episode of the Effect Podcast. <laughs> In this episode, I will ask our hosts 31 questions based on the RPG A Day 2022 list, uh, which is presented by autocratic.com and castingshadowsblog.com. Uh, I will give them strictly 30 seconds each. After which, if I'm unhappy with their answer, I will <laughs> say as much, um, but otherwise move on. So the person who I scold least is the winner. <laughs> I'm regretting I, this idea now. 
So let's see how the podcast turns out. Yes. Okay. I'm 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 ready for combat whenever you are. I, I'm ready. I guess um you have to say you have to address one of us in turn. Yes. And I guess are we asking that we're answering the same question one after the other, I'm guessing? Yes. That's gotcha. how we will do it. So let's turn to Dave first, who seems to be the most prepared. <laughs> Dave, um, the first question. Who would you like to introduce to RPGs? <laughs> okay. Um I I, I I lied earlier. I had, did actually see the first question. So the person I would like to introduce to RPGs, and this is a very, very uh, selfish um, reason, is Danny John Jules. <laughs> <laughs> the actor who plays the cat in Red Dwarf and Dwayne Myers in uh, uh, Death in Paradise, because I bumped into him once. Um, and as I rode past him, I was on my bike. I was surprised. And I just went, oh, it's the cat. I love Red Dwarf. And I never had the courage to go back and talk to him and say hello properly. Um, I'm going to have to cut you off there. Thank you very much. Matthew, who would you like to introduce to RPGs? Well, not only have I looked at some of these questions in advance, but I've actually written some blog posts. So check them out on Fiction. It's cheating. It's cheating. <laughs> yeah, it is. But but this is the answer is the same on the blog and here. It's my wife. My wife um, misses me when when I come into this little room and do online stuff with you, Dave. She sometimes <laughs> thinks I'm having an affair with you. She'd like to spend more time with me. And as such, last year said that she would uh, like to play a role-playing game with me. So I will do that. But Fantastic. which role-playing game won't be the, uh, won't be the next answer? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to keep you to the 30 yeah, seconds. I've no, got I've got yeah, let's do that. Counter. Let's do that. Keep, yep, if, keep I, if I need to be Dock more aggressive, I'm we... going to be aggressive. Get aggressive. Um, but that's okay. So very good. Thank you both. Um, I I liked the, like I liked both answers for different reasons. I think I liked Dave's more because it was a oh, bit yes. unusual. Um, one but, one nil to me. But uh, Matthew, obviously introducing your wife, that's that's a, quite a special, important thing. So a bonus um, point to me. So. <laughs> oh, no, no. no. <laughs> We're all winners in this game. <laughs> Question number two. What is a great introductory RPG? Matthew, let's start with you. Well, obviously, Alien. I mean, it's obviously the great introductory. Actually, seriously, when I was working at the game shop, when I'm at conventions, I sell Alien as a great introductory RPG because it feels a little bit board gamey, particularly if you get the starter set where you've got the lovely maps and counters and stuff like that. And that's it. Great. Wonderful. And Dave, how about for you? Um, I think it depends on the uh, or how you're looking at the question. Um, if you're looking at the question from the likes of us, then obviously the best introductory game then was D&D. Um, Alien, I would have probably said Alien as well because of the number of people who have come to the game because they love Alien and have never played a role-playing game before and then are now role-players. So that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, Time. Tales of the Old West. No, too late. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Um Fantastic. Uh, I'm just going to chip in. I also really love Alien, but my introductory 
introduction was also with D&D, but not the same D&D as uh, you guys. Mm -hmm. I started with 5th edition only a few years back. Um, Question number three. When were you first introduced to RPGs? I guess that's coming to me because it's my turn. Uh, uh, I think it was 1980. It's a closed question, so I could stop there. 1980, I played the uh, first time with my brother around the living room table, and he was doing the the maze from Q1, the Queen of the Demon Web Pits, the, the bit where you're, you're walking around and you get lost. And that was my first introduction. It was, uh, it was great, and I loved it. And then we played the full Q1, and we won. Great. Fantastic. Matthew? Um, I'm a bit older than Dave. Um, and I was introduced to RPGs the year before I played one. I was introduced by my mother, who handed me a copy of uh, the Sunday Times. And there was an article about Dungeons and Dragons in that tiny little article with a picture of a color picture of a dragon because it was in the uh, magazine supplement. And um, that introduced me to the concept of D&D. She thought I might like it. And she was right. <laughs> Good old wise. Mom. Wise woman, your mum. <laughs> Good old mum. Uh, fantastic. And uh, our next question, uh, where would you host a first game? Well, I'm assuming um, this is hosting for others because yeah. you have already played. Matthew, would you like to go first? Okay. Uh, again, I have a ready answer for this one. Um, I've actually run some games recently for people that, have never played role-playing games before. Both of them were alien, obviously, and they were both in my social distancing dome. Uh, Dave, you've played mm-hmm. in our social yes. distancing dome. Uh, it's in the back garden. It's a tent, and it's brilliant fresh air. And in these times of lockdown, it's a great place to do live-action, face-to-face RPGs. Fantastic. And Dave? I would very much like to go back to a place that I visited just once about three years ago in January, which was, um, what was the name of it, Matt? Uh, Goddard's. Goddard's. There's in, two of them. Uh, this yeah. one is in Surrey, not Surrey. Not, and there's, not one in Yorkshire. And there's a fabulous big old uh, high ceiling dining room with a massive chair and a big fire. And it's perfect for a late night role playing session, which is what we did for Matthew's birthday. Lovely. Great. Oh, you guys are getting really good at the uh, timing. I'm, uh, I've, I think you posted, Matthew, you posted a picture at one point, maybe on the Patreon, maybe on the Discord, of the social distancing gaming dome. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was quite envious of that. Uh, that looked like a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, even though know, it's a bit windy. But taking that, you know, dealing with that, it was great. It was nice. That was our first game together for... Ages, wasn't it? Because of COVID, it was yeah. uh, Forbidden Lands, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, and it rained. It and, did. Um, there is a an actual play of it where I tried to take out the rain. It sounded great uh, until the yes. MP3 um, compression happened, and then it sounded like we were doing it in the bottom of a swimming pool. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> early days, uh, early days of these things. Um, great. So the next question is. Uh, I'm going to relate it back to what is a great introductory RPG because the question is, why will they like this game? Uh, Dave. 
why were they like this game? As in what, my introductory game? Yes. Because um, uh, I wrote some of it. That's <laughs> uh, not so, headed at all. No, it's not. I'm going to I have to enjoy it while it lasts. Um, so Alien, the great thing with Alien is it hits the mark so well with the, the, the mechanics generating the look and the feel of what you want out of the game. So the stress mechanic, not written by me, um, is so fitting. It just makes the game so much fun and puts you in a movie straight away. Fantastic. Matthew? Well, I'm just going to add to that as well. One of the things I didn't say about it earlier is that the agendas in Alien, if anybody's a bit nervous about role-playing, thinking they've got to do silly accents and act, the agendas are a great first step into role-playing. You've got a little secret mission of your own. And, uh, yeah, you know, particularly I noticed those people new to role-playing in the games that I've run recently really got into that. Great. I'm done. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, fantastic. So that was question five. We're on to question six now. Cool. How would you get more people playing RPGs? Matthew. Well, what I'd do is I'd phone my mate Dave up and I'd say, Dave, I really <laughs> like this Coriolis game you recommended to me. Why don't we do a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> and then we'd do this podcast mm. and then um, we'd start doing actual plays on that. And then we'd start getting listeners in and we'd write a game. Well, we'd contribute, shall we say, to... Uh, a really good introductory role-playing game and we'd carry on doing the podcast lockdown would happen and we'd do youtube and people would watch us on youtube as well one of our most watched youtube videos is the very first game ever streamed of mork boyer and i'm sure that's got a whole bunch of people into role-playing games as well um so that yeah i, I think personally i'll be doing more of the same what about you dave so that was a long the best answer that was a long 30 seconds. I didn't time it because I felt like this was a passionate moment. So, <laughs> Now, I think, that's, um, yeah, I, I, I can't really top that. Um, that, is, that has been such a great way in for, um, for hopefully for a lot of people uh, to pique their interest in different games. Um, how else would I do it? Um, I like, you know, word of mouth, I guess, is is pretty good. And I like to bring in other friends that we haven't met before or friends of friends into our groups and uh, give them a taste of games that they like and then get them to take a bit of ownership and run a game themselves. We've done that with our little group here, um, which hasn't really recovered since COVID. But before COVID, we were, we, we'd kind of doubled our numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think um, Matt's answer, I was struggling I, you can have the point for that one, Matt. <laughs> uh, let's let's. We'll have to go back and keep score because I'm not paying attention to that anymore. I am. It's five <laughs> one to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd love to interject quickly just before we move on to the next one. Um, Pre-COVID, I spoke at um, an industry event. Uh, that I, uh, a part of my industry, I'm in email marketing, and there was a, an a event in London, and uh, I got to be a speaker at it. And cool. I did a whole, I pitched this to them, thinking that they wouldn't take it, but it was um, how to use D&D &D as a team building exercise. <laughs> um, and I did, I, this was, you know, Stranger Things season two or something like that. So I, I doled it up with a lot of Stranger Things type stuff. And 
um, they they loved it. And they they went, yes, please do a presentation on this. And so I started bricking it, going, oh, crap, I've got to do this now. But I did it, and I loved it. And uh, that was a room full of people that were just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, I pitched my services as a paid-for GM to come into the workplace, but uh, cool. no one ever took me up on it. Oh. Anyway, moving on. Question seven. Uh, it's called the System Sunday. Describe a cool part of a system that you love. Um, it's your turn first. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uh, an old game, Victory Games James Bond, which is a game that I still love, even though I haven't played it in thirty five or forty years. And the mechanic I love in that is the chase mechanic, where you. Uh, you and the person you're chasing or your person you are fleeing from uh, effectively bids uh, against the other person about how well and how hard you're going to flee or chase. And then that will dictate the number of dice or, or, or the difficulty of your role. And it works brilliantly because it's really competitive uh, against the other party. Right. Matthew? Well, I'm going to go back to something we've brought up more than once, and it is pushing your dice in a freely year zero game i love that mechanism um i love uh, we talked about dave you mm. talked about the stress dice in alien mm, mm -hmm. uh, i really love the the brutal um uh, damage the banes that you take uh, if you roll unfortunately in forbidden lands or in mutant year zero really these are brilliant it's a brilliant system for creating a narrative great yes thank you I figured it was going to be uh, a bit free league heavy, and uh, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But um, bringing in an old James Bond one, that was that was good, Dave. I'll give you a point for that. Ooh. Bonus point, you bastard. Six one. Excellent. <laughs> uh, question number eight, uh, which kind of circles back to answers that you've already given, but I'll give you another 30 seconds to uh, uh, expand upon this. Who introduced you to RPGs? Um well, I'm going to shout out some people. Um, as I say, my mum introduced me originally. Uh, then I saved up for the box set. I went to John Lewis and Welling Garden City, cycled on my bike to, <laughs> to uh, buy that, had it strapped to the bike rack on the way back, opened it up, couldn't understand a word of what was going on. It was crazy. It said to get a group together, what you need to do is open a bit of, bit of sign in your local tavern. And, you know, I didn't, I was too young to go to the pub, so that wasn't going to work. Um, so I think actually it was your brother, Dave, possibly, Mick Rowe and John Lerner. Right. Yep. So I think from my side, it was definitely my brother, Tony, who introduced me to, to role playing. The, 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 the next step beyond that, though, was, um, I guess, uh, you know, Matthew and our friend um, Andy Gibbs and a couple of the others, um, and the members of the Highfield War Games group, as we were called, or Highfield War Gamers, as we were called, which was um, a little group of school friends. Um, I was the youngest by two or three years. I got invited into that group. And I think, yeah, you know, I, I have to thank that group as well for introducing <laughs> me to the to the love of role playing. Right. I love I love uh, the long storied history that you guys kind of tease out every now and then, because <laughs> uh, I only got into this. Um, as I say, only a few years, maybe five, six years ago now. Um, Who was it that introduced you, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ah, well, um, 
years and years, a long time ago when I not that long. Yeah, I've got a timer we, on for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. time myself. Hey, John. Yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, timer. Um, uh, when I was living in Canterbury, maybe ten years ago, I bought uh, what ended up just being the GM screen for Edge of the Empire. Uh, not realizing that it wasn't the beginner set. I then bought the beginner mm. set and it sat on my shelf, not being played for the entire time I was in Canterbury. Uh, skip forward a few years, about five, six years ago, I had moved to London and I joined a meetup group um, called um, <laughs> uh, London, uh, well, we now called it London RPG Community, but it was uh, Shoreditch Role Players. Oh, yes, I'm out of time. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> his name is Andy Acoustic Deal. He played, um, it was a D&D one shot my first time. I was a tiefling bard. Um, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> there we go. Cool. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so uh, question number nine. What is the second RPG you bought? So, obviously... Uh, Am I, I, I going me, first? I think it's me it's, first. Okay. It's, hey, I, first. At this point, yeah, whoever. So I think it's number nine, and I'm I'm odd, as it were. So uh, for me, I think that was Traveller. Um, so uh, all the old original Traveller. Um, although I actually bought, I'm not sure I bought them. I think my brother bought them, and then I took them and played with them. Um, so I think I can't claim the buying on that one. Buying? Buying might have been RuneQuest. Or possibly villains and vigilantes, actually, because we did play a fair amount of that back in the day. So I'm probably going to go with villains and vigilantes, superhero role playing. My first time playing a superhero, it was great. Fantastic. Now this is such a long time ago. I'm really, you know, you, you shouldn't make me try and remember this stuff. Um, <laughs> I think though that uh, having uh, bought and been given various D and D books. Had the, the group at school expanded us into Traveller and RuneQuest and things like that. But I think I then went on holiday to America and in New York, I was determined to buy a game there and I bought Daredevils and never played it. <laughs> uh, do you still have it? No. No. Pity. You could have broken that duck 40 years later. It was a terrible. Uh, well, it was no, I, I, it, it wasn't a great game. It had all the faults of those early role-playing games. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, actually, Gamma World is probably my second one. Mm. Sorry, thinking about it. Yeah, almost certainly Gamma World. All right. Sorry um, for a late yeah. interjection there. That's fine. It's your yeah, podcast. but it's out of time, mate. So you don't. <laughs> yeah, but it you're in charge count. today, John. Though, so. it, it doesn't count. Um, Question number 10. Uh, when did slash will you start game mastering? <laughs> I think I think you, you both currently are. So when did you start game mastering? Uh, Dave, I think. No, no me. I think uh, it's Dave's yeah. odd. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> honestly, mate, you're, I can't you're remember uneven. the answer to this question. It's yeah. so long ago. Um, I really can't even think of what the first game I game mastered was in the early days sometime in the 80s that's all i'm gonna say dave <laughs> have the point <laughs> uh so my earliest memory of game mastering something was uh dnd ad and one of the giant adventures <clears throat> and it was the blue book so i think it must have been 
the Lair of the Frost Giants or something it was called. And I remember getting help from a friend of Tony's. I don't know if you remember Phil Hagger. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so he, he was helping me. He was, again, Tony's age, three years older than me, um, helping me prepare to run that game. That's my earliest memory, which would have been 1982 or three, probably. Much history here. Much, much <laughs> history. I feel so I so I feel so young and sprightly. <laughs> well you are because you are so young and sprightly, certainly compared to us. <laughs> Question eleven. If you could live in a game setting, where would it be? So which game setting would you like to live in? Um this is really, 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 really easy. Uh Firefly. <laughs> I live on Serenity with Mal and all the others. You know what? Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) me too. In fact, I live a life there. The character that I played in Dave's game in Firefly is the other life. And I very often think of Bobby Rashid. Um, (laughs) He's still playing his trade as an indentured trustee. Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, no, I I, I can't think of an adventure that I'd want to live in because they're all horrible places because obviously, you know, they're full of threats. But no, no, as soon as you said the verse, I'm there. Yeah. I I would say um, Tales from the Loop. Uh, Mate, we lived film. in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> see, I, <laughs> yeah, it was I shit. Would, we don't want to go back to it. <laughs> I was I was born in 87, so I was I was born at the tail end of it. So the the 80s nostalgia isn't necessarily a thing for me, other than kind of you know watching the, the media that portrayed mm. that. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a horrendously threatening place. It's it's quite a safe game and mm. quite a safe setting as an alternative to finding yourself in the Forgotten Realms or in yeah. the Third Horizon. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, well, Tales from the Loop for me. Yeah, um, cool. So question 12 is, why did you start RPGing? Um, Matthew, you've already kind of uh, said as much, um, but if you've got another 30 seconds worth of expanding on it, go for it. Because I live my life in a fantasy world most of the time. I can't remember a day going by where I haven't thought to myself, I'm a superhero and I can fly out of here. Just rip my shirt off, bear my fabulous uniform and uh, fly into the sky or I'm a starfighter pilot or something like that. I'm 55 and a day (laughs) hasn't gone by in my life when I haven't had a little fantasy like that. So, um, so yeah, mum was right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Kind of similar for me because I, I get so much into the characters that I love. So my, my player characters become an extension of me after a good game. I will lie in bed that night thinking about, what happened and what that character is going to do and where we're going to go and, you know, uh, what adventures should, should be happening in the future, what, is, what he wants to do. And I do that with all of them. And it's, it's great. It's like, um, say, going back to what Matthew was saying about your, um, your moniker for your blog, Fiction Suit, it's like mm. putting on a suit of another character and I just love it. Great. Lovely. Um, so, Dave... How would you change the way you started RPGing? Would you? Um, <clears throat> how would I change? 
So I, when I was talking about um, villains and vigilantes, I had a little reminder because I would have been, I don't know, 12 or 13. And um, how would I change? I would have changed it so I didn't have to go and do things with the family that I didn't want to when I wanted to go role playing when I was a kid. Because we had the finale of a Villains of Vigilantes game that I was playing with my character, the Red Devil. And I had to go to the theatre with my family instead. And I was so upset. I even locked myself in the toilet in the hope they would go without me. But no, um, my father wasn't having any of that shit from a 13-year-old kid and dragged me out (laughs) by my ear and took me to the theatre, which I actually quite enjoyed. But... I was very, very deeply upset about missing that game. Man, scheduling conflicts, even when you were 13 back then. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it couldn't shift it. That's yeah. tough. Matthew? Um, well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to the time that me, I'd invited my mate John Allen round. We unpacked this box of D&D, and as I say, couldn't make head or tail of it. So what I'd really wanted is somebody like your brother or anybody um to kind of sit down and say well you know let's pretend it's the same thing but with rules in fact Mm -hmm. that's how i introduced my kids to it because they were arguing over lego and i said Uh we don't need we don't need to have this argument what we can do is roll a dice and i introduced them to fate that way (laughs) lovely um we are now we're almost at the halfway point um Mm. So this is, I guess, well, yeah, so we're nearly at the end of week two, as it were. Um, This is another suggestion Sunday. Um, It says, Ah. roll 1d8 plus one and tag that many friends as suggesting and suggesting a new RPG to try. So, uh, I mean, we... I I have a d8 here. Do you want to... um... I have a d8 too, yes. Oh, okay. Hey, we're role players. We've always got dice with arms (laughs) reach, haven't we? I mean, it's just... That's fair. Right, um, okay. So roll, I'm gonna, roll as quickly numbers. as I can do one to eight recommendations for a number of people that I will name. Obviously, we're not tagging them because this isn't bloody social media. It could uh, be. And I but anyway, three, three friends for whom I would tag a game. Okay, I'm going to go Hill Folk and I'm going to say Hill Folk for uh, my friend Nick Brook, who really hates games by Robin D. Laws. I'm going to go um, Alien for uh, somebody who doesn't know that I wrote a role-playing game or contributed to a role-playing game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be uh, probably my sister. Um, and my third one, um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend you, the listener, uh, Tales of the Old West. Oh, that's cheating. <laughs> uh, that's a really tough one. Uh, so I rolled four in total. Um, they don't have to be unique recommendations. You can say four names and just give them one. Um, the, the question doesn't doesn't say no. uh, one way or the other. Okay, so. so so obviously, even though he's not a friend, Danny John Jules would be one. <laughs> um, I could just go for the whole cast of Red Dwarf, couldn't I? Uh, it wasn't an extensive cast, was it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think most of the people that I know who want to play role-playing games play role-playing games. I'm not sure. I, I, Jenny well, I'm thinking you could, you, know, do, you could do 
gamers who haven't played a game that you would recommend to them is what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I would recommend me to play a role-playing game that involves a lot of cards. <laughs> I've got one for you here. I know. And we did play one. Waiting. We did play one as well. So we did we did play one that you made and I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Um I, I guess for for Danny John Jules, it would be um something introductory. So Alien would be ideal, maybe Alien with a funny twist to it. Um I would uh, I would want to get Nils and Thomas from Free League to play my I Alien hack where you have to play an alien because they said never in a million years will we do that. Um and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. I think you I, mentioned I, four people. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We'll move on. I mentioned your I Alien hack on Reddit the other day because someone was like, "I want to make one where you get to play as the Xenos." Oh, cool! And and a lot of people were like, "But why? Don't do that. That's silly." And I just said, "Stupid idea." It's already. It's, <laughs> it's it's done. Check this out. They've done the work for you. It's good fun. So, um, yeah, someone else has probably got that somehow and um, might even be playing it this weekend. Cool. Um, question 15. Who would you like to game master for you? Dave? Mm, and you okay. can't say Danny Don Jules. <laughs> Danny Don. Um, pity. I was going to. Now, uh, who would I like to game for? I would, I would be very interested to um to be involved in a game run by any of the three league crowd thomas nils uh matthias matthias uh you know any of them costa i think that would be fun just to just to see how they play and and see how they run a game having worked with them so much now about games the one thing i've never done with any of them is actually play a game to be a fly on the wall <laughs> cool and uh, matthew uh, right. Um, way back when, in 2020, in the midst of lockdown, uh, we contributed a panel to the virtual uh, UK Games Expo. And one of the guests on that, I, I really wanted um, somebody who knew a bit about mm -hmm. Vampire. And um, I asked around for somebody who could um, recommend somebody. Somebody recommended B. Dave Waters. And he was just lovely. You know, he, he got up. Well, I guess he's a vampire. So um, he's probably up at 3 a.m. in the morning, local time for him to be on, on time for us. And he was just such a star. And since then, I've seen him in other stuff, seen him interacting. He ran a game of D&D &D recently for the crew of um, Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. He's a good, good DM, GM. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play the game that he was running. Cool. Great. Yeah, that sounds fun. I might have to look up those videos. Um, Matthew, question 16. What would be your perfect game? Uh, one shot well, campaign. That, that could be answered in all yeah, sorts of ways. But I'm going <laughs> to say my perfect game would be um, a realistic and yet inclusive uh, Western-themed game. <laughs> uh, where the antagonists were the environment itself, the turn of the seasons, the encroaching march of capital. Um, and it would obviously be in a kind of a year zero system, I think. Um, 
and and Dave and I are writing it. So soon it'll be available for everybody to play. Right. You guys better have the quick start ready to go soon with the amount that you are um, <laughs> talking about. The quick start is available to all our patrons. If you join our pa- Patreon stream at, um, what is it? I can't remember. So the silver level. What I, um, uh, I thought it was um, gold. Stationary. Anyway. No, 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 no. Silver, silver gets oh. gets you. Uh, gets oh right, you. I I went with the the. Uh, you, you've done bronze and gold, so you wouldn't know what. No, the, who, the, who the wants middle to live in the middle? The, I I went for the privilege because I like getting the little swag, like the badges yeah. and the key rings, and things. <laughs> the uh, the dice mats, the dice. It's mm. um, I'm I'm shilling for you guys now. That what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, here? thank you. What happened here? Um, um, so what was the question again? Uh, what would be What's your, your perfect, perfect game, game? Okay, my perfect game would be one where Matthew is the generous GM. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, he didn't say real- realistically it's ever going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, it's, it's what, what's your blue sky? What's your perfect game? So we've got an adequate, adequate uh, GM t-shirt and now you can have a generous gm t-shirt <laughs> no yeah we're not having that <laughs> i'd most, rather it was generous than adequate frankly most <laughs> mostly adequate or no. uh, generous okay it's matthew here in the editing suite and i have decided to split this program in two um we're going to uh, for two reasons one uh, this isn't gonna I can see where this is going. It's it's not going to be half an hour long. It's going to be longer than that. And the other one is that, uh, the other reason I should say, is that I've realised that Dave is away on holiday in a couple of weeks' time. And so we're not going to be able to record any content for our next episode and get it out in a fortnight. So the next episode will feature recorded Dave, if not live recorded Dave, and I finishing, and Jonathan finishing off the second half of RPG a day. We're going to keep you in suspense with all those. Let me tell you about my character questions. Um, so it only remains for me to say it's goodbye from Dave and from Jonathan and from me. And take it away, John. May the icons bless your adventures. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.